Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Drift Car Sharing. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, this is going to be a shorter pod today because some times changed uh, for tonight's basketball game. Well, what changed is uh, Katie Nixon's having kind of an impromptu press conference before the game, and I got to get up there and hear what Katie has to say about his decision. So we're going to get through this pretty quickly. Uh, if we don't go quickly enough, then maybe I'll just record the final segment after the game. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But uh, first, I should tell you about Drift Car Sharing. Incredible service. Uh, you just drop your car off at their lot when you're going to the airport. They'll like shuttle you in the last five minutes, and you don't have to pay to park there. Instead, they'll rent out your car, and they'll split the profits with you. Even if they don't rent your car out, if nobody's interested in it for whatever reason, then you still get to park for free, and they'll clean it for you. It's a great deal. It'll save you a bunch of money. It'll, it'll make you money instead of making you spend money. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a steal. You should check it out. For more information, you can go to drivedrift.com. Okay, uh, Katie Nixon going to the NFL draft. He announced today, um, I think this was kind of expected, um, not totally sure this is the right move for KD, but I think even before the season, we kind of saw this coming. Uh, I was hearing rumblings that they thought that maybe, uh, he was going to stick around about a week or two ago. And, uh, uh in the end, that's not what happened, obviously. And now the buffs are losing their top three receivers from the season. Um, I'm going to write a story about this. I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of writing it, but things happened as they often do uh and uh i'm gonna go through and kind of break down where that leaves the bus receivers and we might get a chance to talk about that here um in a little bit but first i kind of want to talk about what this means for kd um for going his senior year uh, he, he had said when he got here that he was going to be here for three years and then it was off to the nfl um he that's what happened <laughs> um you know, there's there's a lot to unpack. First of all, obviously, the physical limitations are going to be the the number one concern from NFL GMs. Um, he's five foot six. He's not a big guy. There haven't. Uh, I'll look through this, but I'm pretty sure in the last five years or so, there hasn't even been a combine invite who's been five foot six. Uh, I think he's listed five foot seven. But you know. Uh, He's, he's not a big guy. Uh, there isn't much precedent for a guy like him uh, finding success in the draft process or in the NFL. Um, he's fighting an uphill battle. 
He definitely has the right attitude to go at it. Um, another one of the guys who I've really enjoyed working with over the last four or five months, however long it's been now. Um, but yeah, I, he really needed to have a big year statistically to compensate for the shortcomings that'll pop up on paper, you know, because those are the two things that you see on paper. Um the, the height, the weight, the 40 time, the bench press, all that kind of stuff. And then also what you did in college. Um, there, there's a lot to this whole process. Neither one of those things can really doom you, but missing on both hurts. Missing on both hurts for sure. You know, I, I do think that Katie's a guy who's going to do well in one on ones. Um, three-on-ones, all that pre-draft interview type stuff seems like the kind of thing that KD would really shine in. His personality would come through. Um, you know, being tied to Visca is definitely a good thing, uh, but but putting up the numbers he put up this year isn't, isn't what he was hoping for. It isn't what Buffs fans were hoping for, and it's going to make it tougher for him to be chosen in the draft. Um there are a lot of receivers out there. There are a lot of receivers who are good at what they do. And honestly, you can't even always tell which ones will be successful in the NFL. It seems like there's typically, I mean, every year, undrafted guys, late round guys who step up and you're like, oh, wow, where was this? How did he fall so far? Um, you know, Tyree Kill fell to the mid rounds. And sure, there was like the off field concerns that caused that. Uh, you, you look at uh, Adam Thielen in. Uh, Minnesota, another late round guy who just found his niche in the NFL. Um, actually performing well in the NFL as a receiver is kind of tough to project, but uh, it, it's getting there, getting those opportunities that can be so hard. Finding a landing spot where you can go and trust them to... Uh, to, to give you chances like you need some luck if, if you're a guy in Katie's shoes who's probably going to be you know if he's on an NFL roster to start next season it'll probably be the number five number six receiver or you know the last of however many receivers uh the, the team decides to keep uh it doesn't help him that he doesn't have too much special teams experience I guess he has return experience um and he'll need that to translate for sure um but in terms of like playing as a gunner that kind of stuff that hasn't really been asked of him at Colorado and he's going to have to be serviceable in those areas to stick around. Um, and, and that's, what's, that's, what's tough is that he isn't going into a situation where he's going to get a whole bunch of opportunities. They're going to try to throw him the ball, try to do all those things. He needs to just prove that he can be a football player and, is worthy of keeping a roster spot on for as like a guy who may have some upside, you know, there, there will be f whatever team he goes to four receivers probably who could get that final spot, mostly undrafted guys, typically for most teams. Um, and they'll all have decent upside. They'll all, you'll, you'll be able to see the path to where they could be a contributor in the NFL the question is who can who can serve a purpose on the roster for the 2 3 years until it's time for them to actually get their chance to be a real contributor um 
that's not Katie's strong suit. Or, or I don't know if I could say that. It's not those types of roles are not things that Katie has been asked to do in the past. Um, he, he hasn't been the gunner. He hasn't been. I mean, he's been a true returner. And again, each team has one returner. And maybe in the preseason he can rotate in, but he's going to have to make some plays there, um, plays that we haven't seen too much of out of him at Colorado this year. Uh, it's an uphill battle as a receiver to stick around. Um, the good news is uh, Steven Montez has a good chance to be selected. Um, oftentimes teams will want to uh, invest in the weapons that uh, that that quarterback had uh, in college. Typically you see that with the first round guys, the second round guys, guys who you really think are going to stick around. And so you kind of want to bring that friend with them, some consistency, somebody to study the playbook with, um, and then also go out and throw and catch footballs with. Um, KD would probably be the the prime option for uh, whoever takes Steven Montez just because he's been playing with him for so long and Visca is going to be a, a, a top end pick. You're really investing and Steven, you know, I, I still think there's a chance he works his way into late, I don't even, a second, late second Third round, I think most likely is more of like a fifth round guy at this point, sixth, maybe even lower than that. Um, and and how Steven performs is really going to affect KD because um, if, if Steven can uh, prove that he is a third rounder, then that opens up some some more, there's some more optimism there from the front office that he's worth investing in. Um, and if, if you're going to invest in him, how you do that is find a guy like KD, put him on the practice squad, um, and have them work together in practice. Um, I think that that is working in KD's favor as well. There's also, I, I mean, I think KD probably fits in today's NFL better than he would in any other version of this league. He is versatile. Um, he isn't a straight burner, but he does have some of those speedy receiver qualities. Um, you know, he's he's good at catching the ball downfield. He's good at looking it in over his shoulder. Is he going to be able to get separation against defensive backs in the NFL? Um, you, you, that's that's the question, and th- that's why. I mean, that's one of those things that he'll be able to flash in camp that he can do that, but it's probably going to be a year or two on the bench before some strange says circumstances happens where he moves his way up the depth chart and somebody in front of him gets hurt. And so then he gets an opportunity to actually prove that that's something that he can do. Um, again, that's a strength of his. I think that if you get the ball in his hands, he's, he's pretty shifty. I think that there's a decent chance that his feet will help him get open. Um, I think that's that's kind of his key to sticking around in the NFL is having I mean, probably a top 10 receiver in front of route running if he's going to be an actual NFL player. Um, just because of the other physical limitations, that really needs to be a strength. And and you know what? I don't think that's impossible. Um, KD's in a tough position. Um, there is so much competition for all these receiver spots. I'm not going to say he can't do it, but I mean, as with a lot of these guys going to the NFL is, I mean, it's, it's tough. 
not many people make that jump. Um, a couple things were more working in Katie's favor. It's not about what you do in college. I mean, if you look at Tony Brown, what Tony Brown has done, um, statistically, like, sure, strong season for sure. His best season, easily. But, I mean, it's not like he was out setting records, like, doing all these crazy things. What Tony Brown does is fill the same role in college as he will in the NFL. Um, the, when you watch his tape, you see that he can make NFL catches. You put him downfield, he's going to be able to bring that ball in. That's not something that changes. Sure, the cornerback might make a better play in the NFL, and he might not convert quite as many of those, but he converted those at such a high rate in college that you think that he, there's a good chance for him to stick around. Same with same with Juwan Winfrey. It wasn't because he put up these crazy seasons that the Broncos threw a seventh-round pick at him. It was because when you watched him play, he flashed that NFL receiver ability, you know, being able to turn around and catch the ball. Katie had a down year. Um, you would have liked to see him dominate, but at the same time, pro teams aren't looking for college players who dominate college football. Like, sure, that helps for sure, but they're looking at players that they think can serve a purpose in the NFL. And with the way the, the NFL is going to these versatile players, getting into speedy receivers, um, you see, I don't even know, John Brown at the Bills, Debo Samuel, uh, Marquise Brown, uh, this new brand, kind of honestly like off-brand Tyree Kill types, that's that's somewhere where KD may be able to find a role for himself. Um, we'll see is the answer. Uh, we'll definitely be digging into the receivers next year. Um, I'll have a story up, it should be up tonight, um, on exactly that, how they stack up. You know, you hear a lot about the talent that they have at that position and that they'll be just fine. And I think I've said similar things in the past, but there's almost no experience there. You have Dimitri Stanley and a, a bunch of question marks, to be honest. Like, they're, they're guys to be excited about for sure, but they're, they aren't proven. You're still, you're still projecting when you say that they're going to be Pac-12 caliber football players. Um, and we'll dig into that. I'm digging into that on the website. You'll be able to see that tonight. If you're a member, uh, definitely subscribe. Um, two free shirts. It's a great deal. Some stickers along with your subscription. Um, that's my take on all of that. Um, we'll get into what it means for the team tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to talk to KD in like an hour and a half, which should be interesting. It's an exciting time for him. Um, and I'm excited to see how he does too. I, I do think that there's a chance that he sticks. It just isn't typically uh, the size of a chance that people are willing to risk. And again, he he came in here knowing that this was his plan. Um, now Visca is doing what Visca is doing. That's his best friend, his best friend since high school. Uh, I, I KD is going to play out his NFL career, whether that's one month or whether that's 15 seasons. Um, and if, if it happens to be on the shorter end of that spectrum, there's plenty of room for him to be in Visca's circle like being his support system, um, serving in that role. And I don't think that that's crossing KD's mind at the moment. Maybe it is in the back of his head, but I mean, you really have to be focused on, I am an NFL player. I need to, I need to work to get this. But worst case scenario, 
it's not like he's dooming himself by leaving early. It just means that he's he's going to wind up serving in that role if things don't go well one year earlier. And I, and I really don't think one more year of work in college would do too much for his game. I think that maybe he could put up the stats, but like I said, it's not about stats. It's about whether NFL teams think you're an NFL player. And the stats definitely help. That's what's going to catch some eyes. Um, There's so many receivers out there that when you're trying to figure out at the end of the draft, I mean, how many receivers are taken? One a team, there are 30 receivers. That is probably on the high end. Once you get down toward... You know, that 50th receiver, those guys who are getting practice squad options, the ones who are going to pop are the ones with the stats. And there might be teams who never even, like KD's name doesn't even cross their mind, and that's different because of stats. It's just that little bit of exposure that he's really missing. Not that, I mean, it's not that teams won't think he can play. They'll go back and watch the tape and decide whether he can play. That's not about just the numbers. Um, getting, a, getting a look has something to do with the numbers. Okay, uh, that went long. Um, let's see. Let's just keep moving. Um, I should tell you about Breckenridge Brewery, which is incredible for a bunch of reasons. Great beer, great people. Uh, we talk them up a lot, and uh, for good reason, because they just do their job really well, and we respect that and uh, drink a lot of beer because of that. Um, yeah. That's Breckenridge Brewery. You should definitely check out all their beers. If you're an IPA person, I know that their Hot Peak IPA is very popular. I'm not an IPA guy myself, so I rarely bring this one up. But if that's your type, that's what you should be going after. And if you want to know where to find it, go to the beer locator on their website, and it will tell you exactly where to go. Um, oh, and then I'm letting Ryan tell you about Blake Street Tavern. So here's Ryan talking about Blake Street Tavern. What's up, guys? Ryan Konigsberg here, and I got to tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, it's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins Best Sports Bar in Denver seemingly every year from Westward, anyone else that's voting. It's the place to be. Uh, they've got great specials, and the food is out of this world. I recommend the nachos, the green chili fries, uh, the buffalo chicken wrap, you name it, they've got it. And the location is perfect. Just two blocks north of Coors Field, and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern. Okay, uh, so Katie Nixon leaving was really the big news of the day. Um, definitely worthy of a whole segment. We'll probably dig back in tomorrow with what this receiving core looks like next year. The more I think about it, the more nervous I become, and that's how I'm going to tease that. But... I also want to talk about uh, the all Pac-12 selections that came out today. Um, all said, I think that the Buffs came out in pretty good shape. Um, let's just dig right in. Um, let's start with the first team. And uh, there was one surprise there. There was one surprise there for the Buffs. Only one Buff actually named first team all Pac-12. That was Nate Landman. 
the junior linebacker from Colorado. Uh, hats off to Nate. Uh, love seeing him get this recognition. Uh, great guy. Somebody who I really think developed over the course of the season. Um, was put in a tough spot learning a new role. I think that next year he's going to come back and be a monster. Um, first team, though, that's a... Uh, the ball bounced in his favor. I will say that, um, you know, Troy Dye, the linebacker from Oregon, did not get first team All Pac-12. Um, actually, so they chose three linebackers. The other two were Evan Weaver of Cal- California, a guy who I really like. I think a late round potential draft pick for the Broncos. Um, Francis Bernard, the senior from Utah, very good linebacker. Obviously, All uh, Pac-12 first team. Definitely surprised to see Nate there, though. Um, this is, this is the award. These, let's see. So there are a couple sets of all pack 12 awards. Everybody will have them like pro football focus. will have their own all pack 12 teams. This was the all pack 12 as voted on by the coaches. So usually that's, I don't know. That's one of the big ones. And the other really big one is the associated press all pack 12 teams, which will come out here shortly. I'm not a voter by the way. Um, so don't yell at me. Actually, oh, maybe we should all just yell together. We can yell at, I think Brian must be a voter. We'll yell at Brian. Um, uh, let's see, what, what was I thinking? Oh, yeah. Um, so this is the one voted on by the coaches. So not that I want to say that we don't trust the sports writers. Uh, each vote has flaws. You know, the coaches are only watching the teams they play. So there are, what, three Pac-12 teams that uh, Colorado won't play in a given year. Um, or no, two. There will be two, um, three if you count Colorado. Um, and so, so there are two teams they don't play, and so those coaches aren't really going to know much. Nate Landman was kind of the next up in terms of all Pac-12 linebackers. Was he? I think he was second team last year, preseason second team. Um, he may have gotten a couple votes because of that reputation, but the other team saw him play. I really do think that him coming on late, he did. We haven't talked about his tackle numbers much at all but they are massive and I don't have them pulled up right here but uh you know for for all that we say about him struggling in coverage that's only half of the game and he's been pretty great in the other half it took him a while to get that first tackle for loss Uh, I can't remember it was probably like five weeks in that he it took for him to get his first and I remember the week before uh, I think it was Brian Howell from the Daily Camera who asked him like you know you haven't had this what's happening and he said, well, teams just aren't running stretch runs against us. And last year, that's where I racked up so many of them was just on these stretch runs. And then the next week on a stretch run, uh, he broke through. He read the hole faster than the running back did, hit it faster, and then uh, brought him down. Um, so while they, there might not be the splashy stats, I mean, he still did pull. I think he get two interceptions this year. Um, the flashy stats might not be there, but just the pure tackle numbers help. Um, that looks good on paper. This is where on paper really works. Um, I don't think these coaches were going back through watching film, trying to decide who gets their vote. Um, that's what NFL teams do. The stats do look on paper, uh, struggling coverage, uh, didn't struggle nearly as much in those last few games. I think he'll be really good next year. I think that he repeats as first team, um, all pack 12, uh, happy for him, really happy for him. Um, Second team, guys. Uh, first one is wide receiver LaVisca Chenault Jr. 
the junior from Colorado. Uh, I think that this is fair. The first team receivers, they only picked two. Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State, Michael Pickman Jr. from USC. I don't think that you could make the argument that LaVisca Chenault had a better season than them. Um, I think if you were to ask any of these coaches, which receiver do you want on your team for one game that you have to win, they say LaVisca Chenault, and it's pretty easy. But because of the injuries, because of how tough some of these breaks were for him this year, he just didn't have the production. And unlike being a draft pick, uh, the the All Pac-12 awards are largely about production. Uh, second team, I think it's fair, still definitely to be a top three receiver, top four receiver, I guess, in the Pac-12 is uh, is an accomplishment. Um, was there another? I think there was another second. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the punter how could we forget Alex Kinney uh, senior was second team all Pac-12 as a punter um, I think that's fair I think it's weird to think about the highlights for a punter but he definitely had some uh, was it uh, was that Stanford or Washington I think it was Washington that he had the ball uh, he kicked it was like a 64 yard punt bounced at the one yard line just went straight sideways rolled out of bounds it should have been like the ball should have been spotted like two inches outside the end zone and they gave him the ball at the one which was kind of unfair but uh great year for him he's another one who's going to make a push for the nfl punter very tough to break through um there just aren't a lot of spots there just aren't a lot of spots there are 32 spots famously uh in the nfl and he's got to beat out somebody who has one of those spots I don't, are there any punters retiring? I'm sure there'll be a punter retire. So maybe there's like one or two opening up, but it's tough. It's tough. Um, yeah, we can move on. Um, into the honorable mention section for Colorado, wide receiver Tony Brown. So so they only do the, the first team, second team. So that just means outside the top four. I'm not sure how many wide receivers were honorable mention. We're not going to count. But after a brief look, it seems like that means he's pretty, probably a a top 10. There aren't many now that I'm looking. I think I I only noticed like two during my quick look. Oh, there's, there's a couple at USC, the St. Brown and Vaughn's, but he's, that, that means the PAC 12 looked at him as a top 10 receiver right around there. Um, Good for him. Not something any of us expected. Will be fun to see where he lands in the NFL. Uh, He's going to get a shot somewhere. Um, again, his production was good enough that it's going to turn a couple heads. It's not like massive, but uh, then when they actually watch him play, I think teams are going to be very impressed with where that came from. Like It's not like he was just running these little drag routes, getting open underneath. He was working to get open. Um, and sometimes he didn't even get open, and he still caught the ball. Um, Arlington Hambright. Uh, also honor, honorable mention, the left tackle for Colorado. That's tough. Um, he was not happy. Uh, they're just a, a, not a lot. There are a few really good tackles. I wonder if they even sort by position. I can't tell. We're not going to care too much. They, I think they go five offensive linemen first team. Oh, there must have been a tie, so there's six second team. Um, some notable omissions. Um, actually, just two Oregon linemen in uh this top 11 
which is kind of just wrong. Like Calvin Throckmorton isn't even listed, and he's a guy I think the Buffs will or the Broncos will definitely be in on in the second round. Um, I can tell you a lot of these guys aren't going second round. Very competitive. Arlington Hambright had a good year, really cleaned up his game. Um, another guy who's going to get a shot, likely as a uh, um, as a uh, undrafted free agent camp invite. He's going to be able to go prove himself. Um, just needs to prove he has the tools, and I think that he does have the tools. So we'll see what happens. Um, just about growth. Um, and then final uh, honorable mention, linebacker Davion Taylor. Yep, I think I think it's fair. Again, six spots for twelve teams. Um, that's that's tough to break through because every team has three or four linebackers that start. Um, it's hard to. That's one of those positions that's really hard to get through. Um, I've said that about a lot of positions today. This is different, though. I was talking about the draft for the other two. Um, I mean, second team is Troy Dye from Oregon, uh, Hamilcar Shed from Oregon State, and Casey Tool from Stanford. If Davion had played all year, like he played those final four games, then he's he's probably first team. But it took him a while to adjust, as it did a lot of players in the scheme, which isn't a surprise. I don't think that's a knock on anybody, but it's definitely what happened. And uh, now he's honorable mention, which again is, is a pretty good spot for him. Um, if you had said this is where he was going to be at the beginning of the season, you'd probably feel pretty good about it. Um, I think that's it. Uh, I guess we can probably run through the big award winners. And uh, then I haven't even checked if I have any comments or questions. So we'll get into that. Um, let's see. Okay. Uh, freshman offensive player of the year, Keaton Slovis from USC. Makes sense. Um, could be, uh, <laughs> could be the Brendan Lewis next year. Uh, Pat Tillman, defensive player of the year, Evan Weaver, the linebacker from Cal offensive player of the year, Zach Moss from Utah. Um, there you go. Is that, oh, freshman defense player of the year, Kayvon Thibodeau from, uh, Oregon. Yeah, he was a monster in that Pac-12 title game. Uh, coach of the year, Kyle Whittingham from Utah. So there you go. Um, I think that sums it up. Um, before I check if I got any comments, I sure hope I did. Then, uh, we're going to talk about gold boys. And, um, if you guys haven't heard of gold boys, wholesale and distribution yet, you are in for a treat. Gold Boys Wholesale and Distribution is all about innovative, top-quality products from their own clothing line to brands such as Cookies and uh, Supreme. There it is. They have delicious CBD drinks, lip balms, bath scrubs, vape pens, gummies, you name it. They also carry their own Denver-made line of CBD products. I just got the hiccups. Um, as well as Quantum Muscle Rub, Rehab X, and many more. Or check them out online today and have products shipped straight to your door. The inside of this smoker boutique is something you have to see for yourself. It was designed to inspire, motivate, and enlighten people. And it does just that. We're talking huge murals of Nelson Mandela, Oprah, Martin Luther King Jr., and so many more with quotes and inspirational sayings across the walls. It is truly one of a kind. You've got to check it out for yourself. And if you can't make it out to their shop, 
Remember to browse their products online at goldboys303.com. That's goldboys303.com. And if you're buying in bulk, call for your discount at 730-372-9843, and they will take care of you. Gold Boys, where everything is gold. Um, okay, into this comment section where I don't think... I would assume we've been late on comments, so I don't... We have any comments today? Um, one comment. Okay, Silver Buff. Buffs will have a hard time beating Dayton, Oregon, Washington, Zona, unless they find an offense. Fair. Uh, Ken hasn't looked confident. Bay just got shut down. We're about a third through the season, and Walton has averaged roughly a point per game. He likely won't do much in the next third, but you have to hope he finds a stride in the last third in March. Okay, yeah, I like it. Uh, start at the beginning. Buffs will have a hard time beating Dayton, Oregon, Washington, and Arizona if they don't find an offense. Those are tough basketball teams. Uh, Ken hasn't looked confident. Yeah. Yeah, I think that might be it. I'm not I'm not sure what's going on with him, but it doesn't look like he's himself. It doesn't look like he's just like going downhill. I mean, remember that like 10-foot floater at the beginning of the season where we're all like, "Oh my goodness, like what is he going to be this year? Is he just going to take over? Um, yeah, you just got to see a little bit more. I mean, he is, he should be the the big guy on this team. Like, sure, Tyler Bay is a draft prospect. Sure, Tyler Bay has been like one of the most efficient players in college basketball this year. But this should be Kin's show. And until that really happens, it's tough to see them taking over, being dominant. Like, I think they could be. Um, Bajers got shut down. Yeah, he did. He did get shut down. Um, I'm not sure why. Again, he's not somebody I'm worried about necessarily. He's been so good. I don't think that that's just because he wasn't playing teams like Kansas that he was that good. But I do think the switch to going into a game like that can be tough um, when you aren't used to those... Nobody's used to going up against Azabuki. That just is tough to adjust to. And you kind of saw late. I thought I thought late they did a better job in there. It was just initially, um, and kind of faded throughout the game, that they really struggled to get anything going in the paint. Again, that's where Tyler is at his best. Like, sure, now he can shoot and do other things, but those were all just to build off of what he can do in the post what he can do in the paint when he's driving, all that kind of stuff. Um, he, ha- he, I mean, he hadn't played that caliber of basketball player since this summer. And uh, even then, who knows who he was working with, but I'd assume he was working with some really good basketball players. Um, and, and it's just not easy to make that transition. Um, as you get into Pac-12 play, you start to play these, Arizona's, Washington's, Oregon's, even that Dayton game. Yeah, like you'll start to get into a rhythm against these kinds of teams. Um, When you're in the rhythm of just being by far the best athlete, best basketball player on the court, turning that off and uh, having to compete in a different way can be difficult. I'm not worried about him at all. Um, I I think he'd grew throughout that game as well. Um, Evan Batty also started to get something done in the post. Um, we're about a third through the season, and Walton has averaged roughly a point a game. 
He likely won't do much in the next third, but you have to hope he finds a stride in the last third in March. Yeah, yeah, I think that's reasonable. Um, you're just looking for growth with him. Um, you're looking for signs. Uh, you're looking for blocks. You're looking for good defensive possessions. You're looking for him not to just get beat. Um, and then offensively, you're looking for him to be able to make a couple of buckets. Uh, that first game of the season, I think, Arizona State, uh, he he had a couple of free throw line-ish jumpers that didn't fall, but they were like halfway down and popped out. Those two fall, all of a sudden his first night is looked at totally differently, and who knows how that changes the complexion of his season. Maybe he gets more run, maybe he, all this kind of stuff. Um, I don't think that he's like a bad basketball player. He's just out of a rhythm. He isn't used to playing college basketball. It's going to come with him. Um, it's really hard not to be a contributor when you're seven feet tall. It's just going to take some time. And right now it's about looking for growth, looking for plays he's making, have him show some flashes. And maybe by the end of the year, you see that consistency where there's a lot more good than bad. And you aren't just playing him when you think, oh no, we need somebody seven feet tall out there. Um, Just consistently like little things, hold on to the rebounds, uh, go get the ball, box out. Like that kind of stuff would go a long way in making him a contributor. Um, And then if he can get a bucket or two, that'd be great. Just needs to take some time. And uh, it's frustrating, especially because I think all of us were really excited um, because that was like the narrative of this season is everybody's back. And so you have the same team that got really hot late, showed its potential. And then you throw in two new players in Dallas Walton, who missed last year with the ACL injury. And all of a sudden you have a seven footer who should be a contributor. And then you have Maddox Daniels, uh, a Juco transfer who can shoot. And, you know, that was the other flaws. Like, they can't knock down three-pointers. So, I think maybe we all got a little bit ahead of ourselves in the offseason. Um, thinking, you know, my whole thought process behind this being a great season was that they were going to get off to a really hot start. And when it came time to review all the resumes, they'd have a bunch of good wins early because they were just more polished earlier and... You know, if that Dayton game is a 50-50 game, since Colorado should be a step ahead in the development, maybe that turns into a 65-35 game. And and that's true. Those odds just shift a little bit in their favor all the way through the early season. And uh, so far, it hasn't looked like it. They, they haven't looked super polished. Like, they're all playing together. Like, they understand their identity. But they're still winning the games um, outside of the loss to Kansas. But again, the only team that hasn't lost to Kansas was Duke. And uh, that was a two-point game. Um, also to open the season. So nobody's sharp. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I'm headed out to that Northern Iowa game now. Should be a good time. Um, yeah. Uh, Buff should win. Buff should definitely win. Um, they shouldn't run away with it. Again, it's another one of these kind of sneaky, tough games that they scheduled. And I think that, of the first eight opponents from this season, I mean, there's a chance that all eight end up being tournament teams, but there's a good chance that at least four or five of them do. And uh, if, if that's the case, this resume for Colorado is just looking better and better. Um, they've lost one game and 
it was to the second best team in the country and they could end up being the best team in the country. They also shot 30% from three, no 30% from the field, 20% from three. Uh, can't do that. Just can't do that. Um, they're still growing. Fix the turnovers. What, what, what am I watching for? I'd like to see him cut down the turnovers. Obviously that's going to be number one until it changes. Um, make some open threes. It seems like it's been a while since they've just been hot from three. You know, they had those back-to-back games. There's like 46%, 45% um, a couple of weeks ago. But ever since then, it's been a little bit cooler. I'd like to see them get back to that. Um, you know, three-point shooting is always going to be up and down. Um, it's just about which teams are the best shooters and those teams will end up having a lot more up games than down games. Um, it's time for an up game. Uh, so that's probably number two. And then Dallas Walton, uh, just, can he get into a rhythm? Uh, yeah. Can, can he just show a couple flashes, um, earn a real spot in this rotation, make it tough to see him on the bench. Cause that's what this team is supposed to be is, you know, nine guys who play every night, 10 guys who play every night, and then five more who you think, wow, how is he not getting time? And right now you just don't see that. The people who are sitting on the bench, the people aren't getting in, you're like, yeah, I guess it makes sense. Um, They're still in great shape. They're still in such great shape, and that's what's most important. Okay, that's going to do it for today. Uh, I'll come back with a little bit longer show yesterday. This one was sort of rushed. I tried to talk really fast so that we could get more into a 40-minute show, 45-minute show. Um, Yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. Leave your comments. Leave your thoughts on the game, on Katie's decision, on whatever in the comment section. Um, Tell me why I'm wrong. I like to hear that. I need to hear that. Otherwise, my ego gets too big, and then, yeah, don't want that. Um, there we go. Also buy a membership to DMVR because we want a bigger family, I guess. Uh, so join in. Okay. Uh, that's it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Patiently awaiting When I hit the field It's so hard to behave I'm Colorado swagging As the crowd do the wave Look into my eyes I can tell that you afraid Cause you know we finna hit ya Hit ya, hit ya You on your own now Why you watching the official? You just better hope You make it to the next whistle And we ain't playing with you You can get it anytime It started at the scrimmage We gon' win it at the line My Colorado swag In the middle Colorado.
tribal Big 12, here we come, we ain't worried about arrival If you want it, come and get it, we'll wait for your arrival When you hit this frozen field, man, it's all about survival Why you make it, why you make it, yeah, you better bring your Bible Quick deck, blindside, flatline, no revival Get them bust, get them bust, mess them up, we say we got them If we don't, then we'll get them when we see them, then we have them like my Colorado swag, cause when I'm in that play Colorado sway, my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway, man, I swear I think they like my Colorado sway.